Hey, Dale. Hey, Amanda. So to me, you are perfect. And on Valentine's Day, you tell the truth. So we're going to talk about rom-coms today. I'm excited. Can't wait. It's my favorite topic. So that's what we're going to talk about today on Can We Talk About? talk about Galentine's Day and all things our favorite rom-coms? Yes, we can. Maybe my favorite topic. Yeah, well, we'll tie that with our obsession with period pieces, but you sent me over a list of your favorite, and oddly enough, I would say all of mine are on your list, so that made it real easy. I mean, I could probably add another 15 to that list, but that would be a five-hour podcast, so... Yeah, well, that's better because I legitimately could do maybe a hundred more. I had to really like narrow it down to like movies I've recently watched again, like 200th time. Yes. Because I have so many favorites. Okay, that's completely fair. So again, I had to rein it in, but I was like, I'm just going to add one or two to this list because if I were to make an entirely separate list, again, this would be a three hour episode, which, you know. We'll just revisit it. We'll do Valentine's Day, too. Did you watch the episode of Parks and Rec where they celebrate Valentine's Day? I did not. You know, Tom is a big Parks and Rec, but I okay. like started watching it at the tail end of when he was watching it. So I, I don't know it like he would know or okay all right so there's uh (laughs) leslie nope played by amy poehler celebrates galentine's day the day before valentine's day and i remember watching the episode and then i had told my boss uh at the time when i was working about it and she was like let's celebrate it and then it just became like a thing that's to me so much more fun than valentine's day again uh, probably because i've been in the same relationship for a century and a half but yeah i loved it i just thought it was so cute and this is such a cute way to celebrate it and agreed uh, again i could probably talk about a hundred million five billion and this might be a pointed question but do you think that rom-coms aren't as good as they used to be like i feel like they've just kind of died off 100%. In fact, recently I was like really wanting to just like sit down with like a good snack and watch a rom-com and I went looking and I looked for hours trying to find one movie, not hours, but I looked for a really long time and could not find, like I started watching a couple and turned them off and then just went back to my go-to rom-coms because I it was almost painful to watch some of them because they were so bad. I always end up back where I started. I scroll. I'm like, I'm going to no, I'm going to watch a new one. I'm going to watch a new one. It's like, oh, and we're back. Best friend's wedding. And we're back. Holiday. <laughs> exactly. And I think a lot of new rom-coms, they just copy the plot of the classics and try mm-hmm. to make it like a new version of it. And they're just not. They're not good. They're like, it's like a bad knockoff. And it's just like, why would I watch this when I could just go watch Clueless? Why why would I watch this? There's like a time and a place, right? I feel like they've come up with good like rom-commy type shows, like that mother-daughter vibe, like Virgin River I really like. Like these things that are just more, you know. Yeah, they're shows, but they're not movies. And sometimes I just want to digest it in one sitting. And I do the same thing. I just end up back where we started. So let's go back where we started. (laughs) 
It's kind of like, I mean, we talked about Gilmore Girls the last time I was on the podcast, but it's like that warm and fuzzy feeling you get. And it, it's like an old best friend. You can just like put it on and it just yeah, it's warms a warm the soul. I mean, yeah, obviously exactly. everyone listening can already realize why we don't have Tom on for this episode. Because <laughs> I don't know if it would be the same conversation <laughs> as we're about to have. No, um, no, definitely not. Although some of the He does seem to enjoy... Are- he he does, and he like introduced me to two rom coms. They're they're not on the li- oh wait one is on the list, but one of them is not on the list, and I had never seen it, and he had me watch it, and I loved it. So okay, there is that. Yeah, he's very good at appreciating actors and like directors. So I feel like you would be very appreciative of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But let's start with the first one, My Best Friend's Wedding from 1997, which I can't believe it's from 1997. I feel so I- old. <laughs> It's funny, like, I remember I was probably too young to see the movie when I saw it because there was a lot of stuff that happened that I was like, uh, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening in this movie. But I loved rom-coms and I would watch a lot with my mom, actually. And wow. we did like You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, all those like really just great Incredible ones, yeah. And My Best Friend's Wedding was, this is kind of crazy, but probably the first time I had ever watched on TV someone that was gay. Like, I had no exposure to that. So it was kind of like a, wait, why is he not into her? I don't understand. And because I was so young that I hadn't, you know, growing up in a very small town, we weren't exposed to anything and so yeah. I realized, like, I love this. I I want a best friend like that. Yeah. It's funny, like, looking back at it now, like, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. But when I was a kid, I was like, I don't understand the relationship. Like, why is For he? sure. So anyway. But it's <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I mean, I, I feel it. like there's so much uh, nostalgia with this movie for me. And, like, again, you know, I love my fun facts every time we do an episode. And I was looking stuff up for this. Julia Roberts. And everyone you will see. That the overarching theme of this is the love for Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she was like the rom-com queen in the 90s, she late really 90s, was. early 2000s. She handpicked Cameron Diaz and Dylan Mulroney for the roles. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Drew Barrymore read for Cameron Diaz's role. And Sarah Jessica Parker was like, no, I want I want Cameron Diaz. And oddly enough, Sarah Jessica Parker read for Julia Roberts' role. Which would have wow. been such a different movie, right? It would such not a have different been the movie. same. And Sarah Jessica Parker was doing fine with Sex and the City. She was okay. She didn't. Yeah, she fits that. She yeah. fits that well, and she does that well. I think because Julia Roberts just plays. I mean, she's literally the classic rom com girl. It was like her and Meg Ryan were like the two. Yeah. It's like the blonde or the brunette. I just loved every Julia Roberts rom com. Loved him. I mean, I think we all did. And that could totally lead us into our next one, which is Notting Hill, which the way that Notting Hill made me feel as like a young tween or whatever they call that age when you're like 11 to whatever. It was to me the epitome of romance, which, again, probably way too young to be thinking that. Yeah, but. But it was so dreamy. It was like the perfect, it's like this movie star meets this sweet 
travel bookstore owner and like immediately there's a connection and like you know you're like oh they're never gonna end up together because she's like this you know big time actress and he's just this you know sweet guy family man and it's just it's so good I loved it it was so good yeah, it's so good. And one of my favorite characters, which I forgot about him a little bit, and then I recently rewatched it, is Spike. He's so weird. I love him. <laughs> He's fantastic. And he, like, adds so much to the movie that, like, there's just all these little tiny things that he just throws in there. He's hilarious. He's absolutely hilarious. And it was kind of, like, for the story, because it's kind of, like, a really like sad at times story and just like you feel so bad for Hugh Grant's character in certain moments and then Spike just like pops up and like it makes makes you laugh yeah I feel like this was like the not the beginning but like this was like a really big Hugh Grant moment and I remember being so sad when I remember hearing this about he like made fun of Julia Roberts' mouth and how big it was kissing her. And he was like, every time I kissed her, I could hear an echo that her mouth was so big. And like they've squashed the beef since then. But I remember being like, no, they're really in love with each other. No, they're so in love. Yeah, I think that's the thing with rom-coms. I think like, you know, obviously these are really good actors and actresses playing a role. But like in our everyday lives, when we watch these, like we truly believe that these people are like this in love. Like this is a real story. This oh, really in my happened. brain. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. I think that's why we like them so much, because we're just like, this could really happen. This is how life works. Same thing with My Best Friend's Wedding and Notting Hill. They've just stood the test of time. Yes, of course. They both have so much problematic crap in them that was accepted then. It is what it is. But I can turn them on and just feel completely at peace and relaxed and like, ah, just like it's just like that ah moment. Yeah, yep. agree. Yeah, like when the movie credits are rolling, I'm literally sitting there like with tears. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so good. I so miss good. them so much. <laughs> I miss them. Julia Roberts, apparently in an interview for this, she got super pissed saying that she hated Rita Hayworth's famous line where, you know, they go to bed with Gilda, they wake up with me. And she's like, I really didn't want to piss off, you know, Richard, who wrote the script. But she's like, but that was nails on a chalkboard. Like, I didn't want to be like just the, oh, the men go to bed with me at night in their brains. They wake up with me on their brain. She's like, it felt gross and dirty. And I feel like Julia Roberts was probably one of the first female actors in this situation to like speak up about any kind of thing that made her uncomfortable. Probably because she had the power to do it at this point. But she didn't want every character she played to just be the dumb woman who fell in love no matter how problematic the situation was and that really pissed off Hugh Grant apparently and that she was saying that he was like you look good just shut up and you know like do your thing yeah and I feel like Hugh Grant got I mean he I know he struggled with some addiction issues right like in the 90s and yeah Mm -hmm. so I know that he kind of flew off of the mouth a lot but yeah he's in a lot of 
on our list here. He's in a lot of them. And he is. And I think, too, like I had heard a couple times, like reading gossipy things or whatever, that he was not the most pleasant person to work with, that he had a very short temper. And like a lot of co-stars had like voiced different obstacles when working with him. And it's always interesting, like when you have the leading man, you envision the character, the person we're seeing on screen is what we're thinking the actual person is like. And then when you hear these actual stories and like, of course, you don't really know how much is true, how much is not. But when you hear the same stories over and over again, you can kind of like pick it apart and figure out like he's probably an asshole. Yeah. He has earned the right or he thinks he has. So he just treats people the way he wants to treat people and he doesn't care. And I think like, you know, you have this perfect and and actually there are some movies that I can't watch anymore because I've heard so many interesting stories about the yeah. people that are in them. And I was literally changes, just going to say that. Yeah. yeah, it changes the way you see the characters because you're like, it's not believable anymore. Like, I can't see past the fact that this guy is a total creep. But I feel like <laughs> Hugh Grant kind of like had his like come to Jesus moment in the world and like he got in yeah, when that, all that stuff happened with didn't he get caught with a sex worker and like all this crazy stuff came out and it kind of his life imploded yeah. a huge scandal I remember that he came back to earth and like everyone says now the now Hugh Grant has really made amends with all the people he pissed off in the past so yeah Maybe I'm making this up in my brain to make me continue to love him in all of these movies. I'm going with it. I'm just going to stick with that. It's good. I can still watch all those movies, so I'll stick with that as well. I'm I'm good with that. Me too. Yeah, it's funny. Like, on the topic of people in movies that you don't realize, like, their actual internal struggles with playing characters, Julia Roberts, in an interview with, like, Vogue or, or one of those bigger magazines, she talked about how... She does not feel comfortable in a lot of scenes where she has to show her body and that she would go to the writers and tell them to change things so that she wouldn't have to be seen naked. And she had like people that would stand in for her, like from like if you see like a butt shot or something, you never actually see her. It's not her because she did Good not feel comfortable. She wasn't comfortable being and she's still this the beautiful it woman. <laughs> woman. Exactly. Yeah. And to like hear that, it just like humanized her so much. And I think that's Agreed. also why I, I love her so much in pretty much anything she's in. I just like her as an actress. But like the fact that she is this beautiful woman still has those internal what everybody feels. And in a man's world, like, can you imagine, like, telling people that you don't want to, you know, do this scene or you're not going to take your clothes off and you're the it girl. So, like, you can speak up. And she's been, like, very active in, like, speaking up for, well, and just her niece, too. She's also very vocal about all of that, which I think is awesome because she's probably one of the first actresses to speak up about that stuff. And even in Notting Hill, there's that scene where they go to dinner, her and Hugh Grant go out to dinner and there's a group of guys sitting at like a table over to the side and they are talking about Anna Scott is her character's name. Yeah. But she was just in a new movie and they were like picking apart 
her role in the new movie and just like really just demeaning her and talking about her body and how like even though she's a terrible actress like I would totally sleep with her and then talking about another actress and like comparing the body and comparing different things like this is happening in the movie and Hugh Grant's character gets up and goes over to the table and is you know, like, how can you sit there and talk about a, someone you've never even met, much less like picking apart this woman who's like a strong, intelligent person yeah. and you're like talking about her like she's a piece of meat. And then the guys are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, because he's just like this nerdy guy that comes over and they don't know that he's literally sitting and having dinner with the Anna Scott. So he, you know, walks away and the guys continue to like just chuckle and like make comments. And she is like leaving the restaurant with Hugh Grant and she stops and she turns around and she goes over to the table and just like gives them a piece. And that's it. And like, it's just interesting to see yeah. like even then, like clearly like it kind of shows who she is as, as the character too. Like she is this very strong person, but I think she's so like, you know, with the public eye and everything that's happening, she kind of like shelters away from her true self. But in those moments, she really like speaks her mind, which I, I loved. I love, I love that, that part of yeah, the Yeah, that's pretty accurate to who she is, not just the yes. character, which is great. Exactly. Exactly. So that's anyway, a good so moving on to the moving next. Moving on. Oh, I love that you had 13 going on 30 on there <laughs> for so many reasons. It's just so fun. And it's like, I think more like a silly rom-com right like it's just silly in the best way possible honestly I went back and forth because I was like I don't even know if I would consider it a rom-com it's like coming of age more but also rom-com yeah yeah I'm not sure what year it came out but I'm pretty sure 2004 Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I was pretty young when it came out. And I remember going and seeing it in the movie theaters with my friends. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest movie ever. I can't wait to be 30. And then. <laughs> oh, God. I know. <laughs> I just, I watched it. It was like probably October ish. And I remember thinking like 30 then felt so old. So 2004, I was a junior in high school. So old. 30 felt a century away. It felt like I'll never get there. Am I going to make exactly. it to 30? Probably not. I'm probably exactly. not going to make it to 30. It's and what so I thought I'd be doing at 30? No. Just no. And I love, no. I like Mark Ruffalo in this movie is so cute. Like, I think that I made him adorable. like a little heartthrob yes. to the girls of that age. And he's just a very nice person having where I live and where your yeah. parents live. He lives very yeah. close to us and he does a lot for the yeah. small town. And, and so we've seen that side of him. But I love the story that he almost turned down the role because he didn't want to do the thriller dance because he was so uncomfortable dancing in front of people. It's so cute. It's It's so sweet. He's definitely one of those guys, too, that you wouldn't pick to be the love interest in a movie because he is kind of like one of the standard, like, tall, dark, and handsome but he made it hot. He made he himself with heartthrob. Yeah. Exactly. He Agreed. he made kind of nerdy guys the heartthrobs. Like he made he paved Agreed. that road. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. And I also feel like 13 going on 30 growing up we probably both grew up on the very same books, Babysitter's Club, like Boxcar Children, like those were the books of our childhood. And then like Goosebumps got introduced and then like oh, all these yes. like 
body switching where you'd like switch with your, you know, teacher for your day or like all these like body switching things came about when we were in like middle schoolish time. It became very like that version of sci-fi was very popular. And so, like Freaky Friday was Freaky Friday. Right oh my yeah. god. Oh, I love those movies so much. <laughs> Lindsay but Lilhan class. Lindsay Lilhan, Jamie Lee Curtis. But I feel like 13 going on 30 was like my adult version of that. Not adult, but like late teen yes. version of that where it felt cool. So yes. I wasn't rereading my Goosebumps books. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, glad you picked it. And Ariana Grande in an interview in 2018 said that she watched the movie every single night. That's every night. So funny. Like she went to sleep. It's a very upbeat, feel good, warm and fuzzy movie. It's like a sleepover, you know, with your Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good sleepover one. Which leads me into my favorite sleepover movie ever, and I'm sure you will agree, Clueless from 1995. Oh, my gosh. If you haven't seen Clueless and you're listening to this podcast, get out of here. Paul Rudd. He's my notes literally say, I don't care if he's my stepbrother. I'm sleeping with Paul Rudd every time. That is literally what my notes say right now. Oh, he's God. So he cemented that. This is going to end up being a very horny podcast. That was not the. I that mean, was not really, the go, that's what this is. Comes, baby. This is what this is. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I love that. First of all, that that's from 95. Does not feel is like it really? to me. Yes. That is wow. nuts. And I remember. I had seen Alicia Silverstone in the Aerosmith video. I'm very much the product of two people who had a child very young and loved 80s hairband metal. And she's in the crazy video, the Aerosmith crazy video. And she's like the hot girl. Did you ever hear about there's like an interview with her talking about that music video? That's like maybe another topic, but it was (laughs) dark. Okay. Yes. Well, that's what got her this role. Because yeah, they loved her. Yeah, they loved her in that video. And they're like, we have to have her. So I'm really sorry that that happened to her. But I couldn't picture anyone else playing that character. Not a chance. At all. No. In fact, recently, she was just in, I don't know what it's for, but there's a commercial that I just saw. I just saw it. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, I'm I don't back. know what it's for. <laughs> yeah. I don't either. It's so good, though. She I, looks great. It is. Yeah, she does. She doesn't look like she changed at all. She looks like she's the same person from that movie. Like she had to keep the whole wardrobe, which the is whole wild. Thing. Yeah, she said she crazy. donated a lot of it and like gave it away. But come on, okay. I here, this will blow your mind. I walked into Target like a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and the full share get up is like for yep. sale in Target, and I was like, yeah, it makes me feel it's old. happening. It's happening. Yeah. It's coming back. I mean, I used to listen to my mom constantly say, don't get rid of it because it's going to come back in style. And I'm like, no, I'm never going to wear my flare jeans again. They're so not cool. And now and now now, literally everything is coming back like stuff that I definitely just shoved into my closet and thought like, nope, this is not ever going to be a thing. But I love it. So I'll hold on to it. Put it back. It's back. It's I know. Back style. I know. But I feel like and now it it's created, vintage. Oh, oh God. But it created <laughs> such like a for me, the the, the clueless thing. I, I will never forget this. You could see like in elementary school. So 95, I was probably fourth grade. I had friends who had much older sisters. Right. So clueless created the style of the mid 90s, like single handedly. Yeah. That was the style. 
you could tell who had older sisters because they would borrow their clothes and be like the trendiest damn fourth and fifth grader you've ever seen in your life. Yep. And I just remember being like, oh, man, my mom will never buy me that. We still shop at Kids R Us on Layaway. Yeah. <laughs> Kmart on Layaway. I was going to say Kmart. I mean, I did get a pair of Jenko jeans in fifth grade and thought I was the coolest child that's ever lived. But yeah, that was not clue. Well, kind of clueless style, but more like tie like the skater boy style. Yeah. I would, and also like Dion, she like for sure wore some really crazy, mm-hmm. like crazier than Cher, like for sure was was the trendsetter. Did Even you want a Jeep so Wrangler so bad? Oh, 100%. More than yes, anything yes. in the world, I wanted yes. a Jeep Wrangler. Like, more than anything. In that color. 100%. And to this day, I think, because I have my dad, my stepdad, and my brother, and all mechanics, if yeah. I bought a Jeep Wrangler, they'd be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're not fixing that thing. It's a pain in the ass. But still, to this day, sometimes when I see a girl driving a Jeep Wrangler, I'm like, get your share moment, girl. Yeah. You don't know how good you got it. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. And I guess, do you feel weird thinking about how they were stepbrother and sister? Like, so that's I, so great to me. I think the part that I was a little bit like as I got older, when I watched it again from like a a mom's point of view, because like I th- a lot of times Ooh. when I'm watching stuff, I'll think like, oh, Wes would love this. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if he's ready to watch this. Yeah. And I remember being like, how old are they? Like she's in high school and he's out of high school in college. But like, but like I'm finishing sure college she's, too, right? And she, she's, so she yeah. got her learner's permit because she turned. Do you remember how old she turned in the movie? I mean, like I'm just saying 16 because I'm. Yeah. And then Josh has a birthday in the movie, too. Oh my god, we must. I'm gonna look this up because it's gonna make and it I'm creepy and ruin sure it for me. he's like 18, 19, maybe. Okay, so we're in illegal territory. Oh so my god, like when- <laughs> oh my oh god, no. oh no, Sharon and like her pals that- were 15 and 16 years of age. Oh, and Josh, <laughs> Josh was on break from college. Saying that he was probably in like the 18 to 19 age. Okay, that's problematic. Yeah. yeah. So when you think of it in that way, you're like, the step thing, that's not a problem. This. Oh, man. Creepy. Yeah. And the fact that the dad was totally fine with it. Like, as strict okay. as he this was. This shit is dark. Okay. Well, you know, like, ready? I. Yeah, the step thing didn't bother me because, like, obviously they were never the same household. Like they they barely knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, and and I think like they were divorced before. Weren't they divorced before? I don't know. I don't know how that yep. story. Either way, out. Uh, that's we don't not even the worst part. Now. So, nope. I do. I will say to wrap this up, one of my favorite lines in the perfect accent is, "You're a virgin who can't drive." And my sisters and I used to say that to me all the time because we were, in fact, virgins who could not drive. Yeah. That's amazing. There's so many lines. Oh, God. It's such a quotable movie. Yes. We could do a whole episode on that. is 
like my favorite movie of all time in the history of ever love actually like when i say that this is just i don't even know how to describe it and the wonderful part is every holiday season i have to watch it like i've already watched it five times throughout the year but i have to I've now gotten Henry to sit and watch it. And he's like, oh, we've got to watch Love Actually. It's Christmas time. Yeah, and I just like oh, tradition. I love it. And so, a romantic story. It's so romantic. I think I've told this on the podcast before, but it fits because we're talking about it. For those of you that don't know, I am engaged to Dale's cousin. And <laughs> I met him at a bar in Middletown. And I told him that all I wanted was a guy to do that scene. The to me, you are perfect scene. And that's all I wanted. And I would marry that man. And he very romantically said, if I get this dart in the bullseye, you have to give me your phone number. He got the dart in the bullseye. I gave him my phone number. Fast forward to many years later, we are finally dating. And he at the time lived in Florida and I lived in New York. And it was our first Christmas together dating. And he sent roses to my job with a bunch of cards. And each set of roses had the different card from the movie. Oh, that's amazing. It's really good. I didn't right? know that. <laughs> it's that's really good. so sweet. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's it was a deal sealer. That's and amazing. now he's well, you know, life. what's crazy is I had never seen love actually until Tom. Good man. Good man, Tom. He bought me the movie on DVD because it was one of his favorites and I had never seen it. Shut up. And, okay, and now you're history. like me. Okay. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. There's well, listen. My Harry Potter world really crosses over into the Love Actually world. There's some crossover characters there. That's some good drama. Yeah. But I will say I didn't that. Even think about that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Professor Trelawney and Mrs. Severus Snape. That's so all true. in the movie. But also, I didn't even think about it. Did that story break your heart? That storyline. So essentially, if you haven't seen Love Actually, it's a bunch of different love stories around Christmas time that lead up to one situation where everyone's worlds are kind of intertwined. And that story really broke my heart where she finds that Joni Mitchell CD and her husband is cheating on her and she thinks she's going to get this necklace and she finds it in his pocket. And then she unwraps the gift and it's a Joni Mitchell CD, realizing that he's giving this necklace to someone else. Oh my god, I can feel that hurt. Every time I watch that scene, my heart just shatters. It's a gut, it's a gut punch for yeah. sure. And that the music that's playing too. I think like oh, really so you know, dark. like it makes it so much more impactful, I think, because you're just like you feel for her so much. And then for her to like yeah. get up and still go to the little kids concert. It little breaks kids your heart. Have, I know. And so her brother is actually the prime minister, played by Hugh Grant. And I love that storyline. And one thing I will say, I mean, Hugh Grant, the person, probably not. But Hugh Grant, the actor in the movie, this character, mm-hmm. the woman that he falls in love with is just like someone that works in their, I don't know what the heck you call it, their prime minister house. She's like, yeah. 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 And everyone like calls a secretary her fat. or something. Yeah. Like yeah. fat and chubby. And like, she's a beautiful size eight woman. Like, gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. She's teeny. (laughs) And she's like so beautiful. And the whole point is like everyone's like, oh, the fat one. Oh, the one with big calves. And he's like, Hugh Grant doesn't understand. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's nothing fat about this woman. Like, yeah, someone says, like, oh, the one with the large calves. Yeah. I I do love that because I think that was one of the first time in movies, especially a romantic comedy where they took like a normal 
sized woman, yeah. even smaller than the normal sized woman, and just showed yeah. how ridiculous it was. And I also feel like because this is predominantly a British movie, that was very an, a very American thing for us to just have stick figure ladies in our rom-coms. Exactly. And isn't it the president that comes in and he's such a... Billy Bob Thornton. He's a yeah, fucking douchebag. But he's bag. supposed to be the president and he's such a sleazeball. Ugh. He's just... And like the entitlement. What a example. <laughs> yes. Yes. The American culture just coming in. <laughs> exactly. Like it yeah. just... It was just... Disgu- and you just like hate him so much Ugh. and like... And you feel so bad for her because you're just like gross. So the that's the perfect way to say it. Just gross. Yeah. Do you have no. a haver? I mean, I do love the um, Hugh Grant dancing in the stairway scene. I do love that scene. But do you have a favorite oh, yeah. scene from the movie? Honestly, my favorite love story in that group of love stories is the Colin Firth. Oh my love God. Story. It's the best one. Like, Agreed. Agreed. And I think because it has such a, like, romantic novel type, like, I mean, obviously he's a novelist, but, like, just that, like, the fact that she doesn't speak the same language as him and he, like, learns, like, how to communicate with her and, like, it's just such a sweet and tender, like, I'm pretty sure did his wife left him for like a his best friend yeah. or something like in the very yeah, beginning his heartbreak of the movie. is so dark he like <laughs> walks in on his wife with his is it his best friend or his brother it's I like someone remember. very close yeah. to him i should know and this i've seen the movie so many times devastating yeah and like she's supposedly like homesick and he comes home and like wants to take care of her and then obviously oh. there's a guy in his bed and so like that and then you know, all that stuff. And then my second, I always just felt like it was just so, so sweet, is Liam Neeson, his character with the son. Sam, his stepson. Like, it's that, just that's, such a yeah, sweet just story. Like, how he just talks to him about love. It's He's a mourning very the loss sweet... of his wife, this little boy's mother. I think my favorite part about this movie, and like, again, I, I could do, maybe we should do a whole episode on just this movie around Christmas time, because it is... Mm-hmm. I agree. To me, such a beautiful exploration of all the different types of love, like unrequited yes. love, young love, yes. love between a manager and his rock star, which, by the way, such a fucking funny little juxtaposition. The washed up rock <laughs> star great. and his fat old manager and just, oh, God, it's so it's good. Great. And, you know, like there's so many different types of love. But to me, that was just the most wholesome. You are so sad. The love of your life, your wife just died and you are now raising her son, your stepson. Yeah. And yep. he's in love. And instead of being like, how could you be so caught up about this little girl? Yeah. Your mother just died. He's like, yeah. no, no matter what happens, Sam always chased love. And like, yeah. Oh, God, the airport scene. <laughs> What's adorable, too, is the fact that it like. You think it's the teacher that he has, yes. like the yeah. little boy, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no!" Whoops, no. <laughs> let's back it up a little bit. I also was just uh, thinking about it is the very beginning of Love Actually when they're talking about how, like, at the airport, you don't see people who are angry and like you see just love. Like everybody yeah. is just so, oh. and I loved that. Like you know how it just like you know obviously goes into all the stories and stuff but it's such a feel good 
really yeah. feel good. And the the Laura Linney lo- storyline, yeah, with her brother it's, who's going, who's um, oh god, that 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 storyline too was just so. I always felt that like it was my job to take care of my family, and I always remember thinking like, is this going to be me? Am I not going to like be able to be in a relationship because I'm going to feel like I'm guilty for not taking care of the people that need yeah. it? And no, that never happened. But. I just remember romanticizing that, like, oh, God, they love each other so much, and he's so nice, and she's just so in love with him. Yeah, and I think, like, with exactly that, I think what this movie does really well, and, like, obviously this is hats off to the writers, is it's real. Like, these stories feel very, like, real, and the emotions that the actors feel throughout each of the stories are real it's like what you would actually go through and the process and like every different way how like love is also very painful and so i like the fact that it doesn't just i do you know, too it doesn't That's a great just point. go to the happy 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 love part it's it's real it's yeah re- there's so much love pain. hurts yeah. exactly and i think but in the end like the beauty that comes from that love no matter how painful it might be, it's still love. And like to be loved and to love is just like fuzzy. So fuzzy. And I remember watching it too. And like, it wasn't just romantic love like we talked about, but that scene where Emma Thompson finds out their husband's cheating on her, but she has to be a mom. And like, this is her kid's big night for their big Christmas pageant. And instead of locking herself in the room and not going to her kid's pageant, she just loves her kid so much, wants them to have the best night. It's Christmas Eve. There's a scene where she just like wipes her tears away and she like you could see her just like shake it off and be like, okay, my darlings, let's go. Let's go. And just like the love a mother has for her children and how like she never puts herself first. and It's always kids first. I just remember thinking like, oh, God, heartbreaking and beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, On the comedy side of this, it's not really like a big scene. But when I was looking up the fun facts for this, January Jones plays like the super hot cowgirl in wisconsin and this character comes over to the u.s to find hot women and just have he thinks he's going to come to the u.s and just have sex all the time and he just happens he's a to great stumble. character he's I love so him, funny <laughs> he just like stumbles into this bar and in wisconsin in the middle of winter and finds these three insanely hot girls and they're like you can come with us and we don't have heat, so we're gonna have we to all sleep really close and, sleep and in the apparently same january jones she improved that whole scene and the other girls oh did too. The boy character's like, you can truly see him reacting to like the innuendos what they're that saying? they're throwing. It's so, oh, that's so cute. Funny. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't know that. That's awesome. He's a great character. He's so good. On another note of another story, I always was, from the time I first saw the movie, I would get really upset with the story with Kara Knightley because I felt like she was just like betraying her husband's yeah, trust. Yeah, that's a, again, that's a very, first of all, and Kara such, Knightley I mean, was it's 18 epic. in that movie. She was 18 yeah. with a baby. And like the scene is epic when, I don't know, the Mark guy plays Mark. I don't know his, his actual Rick name. Rick Grimes, but, you mean? <laughs> From The Walking Dead. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's Rick Grimes. Oh my gosh. I don't think I realized. Wow. Yeah, that's so Rick Grimes. in that movie. Oh, that's wild. Okay. I could not imagine being someone's best friend and having feelings for their wife 
and like the isn't it the day at or the night of their from the I don't it's know real it's like close very to the wedding because they're watching the wedding video. Yeah, and like go to the house and admit that you're in love with them, and like also bad that I romanticize that. Looking back on that now, it's like well, ooh, I think we adultery. Think, it, yeah, and I think like obviously nothing ever comes of it, but it's still just like he kind of put her in a really crappy position. Agreed. Yeah, and then just like you know the whole rest of the movie, it's just kind of like oh, are they gonna? Uh, oh. Nope. Okay. I know. Uh, uh, No. Okay. I ignore it because it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yes. (laughs) It shows you the good aspects of love, the bad aspects of love, the don't do this aspects of love. Exactly. I think that's why I feel like it's so real because it covers literally all the different things that happen Mm -hmm. when you're in love or when you love someone or what it's, it's legitimately it. It completely encompasses all of that, and I think that's, that's a good point. why it's such a good movie. I know it, it just it will touches everybody. So when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> cringy. That's a little cringy. You're like cringy. That's so I think we should probably talk about the holiday next because that's yes. another Christmas movie, 2006. Another movie I have to watch every Christmas. I don't know if you feel the same way. So good. Yes, I saw that movie in movie theaters and immediately fell in love. With the movie. And I think anyone that saw it probably immediately wanted to go and find someone who lived in England and swap houses oh my God, with them. Yes. And that website I mean, was real. Yeah. There was a real yes, website so. that, that they used. And apparently, after the movie came out, it was so popular that like the British it government crashed. had to put, yeah, they had to put like a, a thing out saying, like, be careful because people, you know, that you swap homes with, they could like murder you. <laughs> because this is not that. yeah it was like a big deal i mean that whole storyline itself is romantic take out that they find men just what romanticism to be able to swap lives with someone completely yeah, different exactly than you mm-hmm. are at like an awful time in your life but i love yeah. that nancy myers that directed the film wrote the roles for kate winslet cameron diaz jack black and jude law like she yeah. wrote it for them she was like i'll make yeah. this movie if you four do this i'll write it and they were like on board but a poor poor little jack black was so worried he was like i'm not the hot guy i'm not the hot guy like but people so aren't gonna buy it but he is no, he's so good he's so good he's his so character good. you're like immediately you love him from the moment he's introduced you love him and just like what he goes through just breaks you you're just kind of like how can anyone be so cruel to such a sweet caring guy I know. And I will say like their whole characters and their love stories that they end up with, like, you know, Kate Winslet and Jack Black and Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. I love that whole story. But for me, the star of the show is Arthur, who was 90 years old when they filmed this movie. Was he really? Yeah, he was 90 years old. And apparently he had so much energy that sometimes the director was like, you have to act 90. You have to act like an old man. You're acting like a 60-year-old man. I didn't know this until like a couple months ago. Around Christmas time, I saw a TikTok or something. You know how like Dustin Hoffman has a cameo in the movie store? Yeah. That was because Oh, he, I did. I saw, yeah, yes. he was not supposed he was, to. Yes. He was just like, he was like on set having or lunch. Something? He was having yeah. lunch near where they were filming and they were like, hey, do you want to just come in? Because he stopped by. He saw a lot of cameras. He's like, oh, what are you guys filming? And they're like 
do you yeah. want to have a cameo? And he was like, yeah, sure. That's amazing. He's in like a hoodie. There's no there's no costume design. He's literally wearing what he was no, wearing at lunch. No, he's wearing what he came. Yeah, I did. I, I did see that. that. I, I you know what's that. funny is I saw an interview with Nancy Myers kind of recently, and she was talking about how so many people push constantly for her to do sequels to her movies. And she was like very much like, no, the story is the story. And like the whole point of that. how she writes is so that you as the viewer can think about like where they would be today yeah. or what relationship they would be in or whatever. But that's why she writes it the way she does and that she won't do a sequel because it would ruin what people have already come up with in their heads. And like, she loves that about the movies. And I was like, wow, that's such a, cause yeah, I appreciate that. Because exactly. And I think when, sometimes when sequels come out, you're expecting certain things and then you're so disappointed when it's not what you've envisioned. And it just I think changes right. like yeah. how you feel about it. And I, I thought that was really great because, you know, like if she was just in it for the money, 100% she'd do sequels. But the fact that she's like, no, like I'm telling a story and this is the story and this is where it ends. And it's up I to you. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's so. And and it's funny because in the, I think they, she also, the person, I forget who was interviewing her, but they had asked her like, but doesn't, like, don't you want to continue writing about these characters? And she's like, no, when I finish a, a, a story, like that's the end. And then, like, I, you know, read another one. So and I'm sure like, her head, I mean, like us, like when I leave oh. a movie theater, not only am I exactly. digesting or like when I watch a movie in my brain, the story's still going. I'm still continuing on in my brain. But I do. I mean, that's what fan fiction's for, right? I'm sure there's a beautifully written novel, part two of the holiday. And yep. I think it, Julia Roberts actually said that she wouldn't do movies that had sequels to them. In the yeah. rom- when she was doing rom coms, she's like, I want it to be a one part, do whatever you want at the end in your brain, but like, I don't want to yeah. continue to do sequels. I'm sure there's great sequels out there, but I feel like sometimes they get muddy. They're just not the same. Yeah. And I think that's part of what's wrong with rom coms of today is that there are so many sequels and like, I agree. It changes the way you think about the first movie. And then I've, also seen, you know, some movies where like I actually enjoy the second one more than the first one. And then it's like mm-hmm. I think there's a difference when it's a book that has already been written and that book has sequels compared to a movie that was written and everything is encompassed in that movie for you to then write more just to make people happy in a sequel. I think that's where it gets wonky. I think people Yeah have certain ideas about what they want to see in a sequel. And when it doesn't come right. out exactly the way they want it, you know, it loses its like, it loses sparkle. The, the sparkle and the luster. I agree. And yeah, um, I just realized when we were just talking about Julia Roberts, uh, that was on your list that we didn't talk about was runaway bride. That's like one of my all time favorites. And we've, I didn't, that's my fault because I was steering the sneakers. A train just, I just always the think sneakers of the sneakers. That, she's putting you know, like on the, the cover where she's like tying yeah. the sneakers in yeah. the wedding dress. Oh, I yes. love it. Yeah, that's another I, movie. Oh, I just, I truly love that movie. It's so. There's so many moments that I mean, and I haven't. I, that's actually one movie that I hadn't 
I haven't watched it in a long time. And when I was thinking about rom-coms, I was like, that it was one of my absolute favorite rom-coms. I remember watching it all the time and loving. Runaway Bride came out in 99 and it's Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And they had done Pretty Woman in 1990, which would be on this list, but maybe not so commy. It's more a drama. Yeah. It's a little bit of a rom-com. Like, I do love Pretty Woman, but I also feel like that's a standalone episode. Yeah. That's well, not a- and I also there was it's funny you bring that up because there was an interview with with Julia Roberts. She was being interviewed by a celebrity and I forget who the celebrity was, but they basically asked her like apparently that movie was written very different. It was really? very much just about prostitution and like the very very nitty dark world of prostitution and they like brought it to Julia Roberts and she was very young. This was like one of her first big movies. Yeah, that was 1990. And she she said no. I'm I'm not going to do it. And then someone else got it was called something else too. It wasn't okay. it wasn't called Pretty Woman at the time. Um another writer took it and changed it completely brought it back to Julia Roberts and she was like, yes, I'll do this. And what was interesting is the person who was interviewing her, I wish I could remember who it was, was like, well, wouldn't you have still done it if it was the other? And she's like, no, I wouldn't have done it. And I guess there were moments in that movie that she straight up told the writers that she would not do certain things. And and it's fascinating because like when you see the movie, you don't think about all that stuff. And then I guess there were a couple scenes that were not written. Like they basically improved it. Like when uh, he snaps the jewelry box. Oh, yeah. That was real. Like that that wasn't a planned thing. Like it happened. Oh, the reaction is so it. iconic too. It's so, yeah. Well, because it's real. And I think like stuff like that, you're just like, that's so sweet. And like. I know. Um and yeah, so that, there was just like a lot of stuff with that movie that I was like, wow, that's so crazy. When you see a movie, you don't think about the process it goes through to be made. And the fact that it was a completely different movie prior to it becoming Pretty Woman and how dark it was to what it became. And that's what she was. The The girl who was interviewing her was like, if the original script ever came back on your table like to do that movie would you do it and she's like absolutely not like I would I never I, I would she's never a do badass. a movie like that Ugh, and I was I like that's her. amazing like and especially at that point in her career like it's not like she had a ton of stuff under her plane to be so like no I'm not selling my body like of the top few like highest grossing rom-coms or romantic movies pretty woman's number three at 178 yeah. million number one's That's what women crazy. want with 182 million which i that was from 2000 oh. that one is a really good movie i did love that one a lot that's but that's mel, helen hunt mel and mel gibson yeah and like yeah that's more i i don't know I liked that movie, but it was like a yeah. movie that when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is something my mom would like. Because now when I've, older I've watched it, yeah. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. like it, but it didn't hit me that same way. Hitch is number two. They redid that movie too, not that long ago, oh, to well, What Women Want. That. And it was 
so bad. I didn't watch it, but I heard it was horrible. That's a hard pass for me. <laughs> and then Hitch. Ah, I actually, I don't know if I've ever seen Hitch. That's what, Will Smith. It's Will Smith. Yeah, and he's yeah. That's a really good movie. It wouldn't be in my. Oh, top. he's like a. Does he like? Um, he it's like matchmaker sets guy. up dates and yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen it, but a long time ago. And then Pretty Woman, and then number four is uh, There's Something About Mary, which is so funny. To me, that was a comedy, huh. not so much a rom comedy, but I guess it is. When did but that love, come out? Uh, that came out in 98. 98. Okay. I was going to say, I don't, I definitely have seen it, but I don't, I maybe saw it one time and it was, it wasn't that memorable because I don't remember what it was about. So my addition to this, because the same way I love Julia Roberts, I also love Sandra Bullock. And I really like not newer because it's not that new, but I feel like this is the end of the really good rom-com era in 2009, The Proposal. I freaking love that movie. That's one with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. And Betty White is the grandma. That is like, I love, I love that movie. And the mom from uh, Step Brothers is in there. And just that to me, back when, you know, people had cable, I don't have cable anymore, but back when I had cable. If that was on on like a Saturday afternoon, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to watch a proposal. It's got like those four gump vibes. Like if it's on, I'm watching it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. That happens to me. I get sucked into movies all the time because I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, it's on. Got to watch it. But I mean, I love anything Betty White's in. But that scene where she is pretending to do like the Native American ceremony in the woods with her and she's like, "Okay, sing a song from your soul. And they've got the drum and she's like dancing around and Sandra Bullock does the from the window to the wall sweat trip down my balls and Betty White's looking at her like okay I guess we're doing this Uh, yeah (laughs) Betty White is amazing anything she's so oh gosh rest in peace she's definitely missed yeah that's a good way to wrap this up rest in peace to Betty White the legend yeah absolute legend legend I mean, again, I feel yeah, like I mean, we could talk about a million more. One that is like on the peripheral, not my favorites, but I really did like the Bridget Jones Diary series. Interesting. I just I, recently. I liked them. Yeah, I had never seen them and I always oh. would see them like up and I never I didn't know what they were about. And I just never I never put them on. And then randomly one weekend I it was cold and I didn't feel like doing anything. So I put them on and I watched the first two I haven't seen the baby one but um I haven't seen the baby one either. I, I oh, loved I, I loved the the first and second one I thought they were great um, I think we can all agree that the overarching most romantic job for somebody to have is a writer I feel like there's a writer in every single rom-com yeah I think yeah. because it's romanticized I think being Agreed. a writer can be like a lonely kind of isolated job so the idea that you can fall in love yeah with someone like you know who is so isolated and well and I think also a lot of the writers in these movies are romance writers yes or yeah some variation of that so I think like you know they're writing it's like yeah it's perfect it, it's yeah well it's like very I love dreamy. this this was fun yeah, this I was could fun. do a whole podcast just on this I know. I mean, period pieces, rom-com. Oh, God. Let's do it. This is a good way to celebrate Valentine's Day. Or if you're sad and you don't have a Valentine, I, th- you're, I think you're amazing and you can be your own Valentine. But also, you can listen to this exactly. and pretend you're hanging out drinking wine with us. 
Exactly. And I think that's the point is you can watch yeah. these and Valentine's Day is a made up thing. It's just so you buy it's cards not real. and spend it's money on Valentine's Day. It's more presents. fun. Exactly. It is more fun. And then there's no expectations. Fun. Yes. Just watch one of these movies. <laughs> just watch. Exactly. It will make White. you Say the warm and fuzzy. <laughs> well, happy Valentine's Day, Dale. Happy Valentine's Day, Amanda. Bye, guys. Bye.